0: Hey, and welcome back to Kessel Run Relay, a Star Wars podcast. Our episodes drop at the beginning of each week and you can follow us on social media. Our links will be in the description. This week we will be discussing the first three episodes of Andor Season 1, but before that, um, hi, I'm Liv. I use she her pronouns. You can find me everywhere on social media at Olivia Almagdala and my brainworm of the week is Vetch Simply Standing There. And I'm so proud of him. <laughs> That's it. Just our dude. He's just a dude. It's just a guy being a dude. <laughs> he's
1: just a. He's just a big little guy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> um, King Shark of Star Wars for real.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so true. <sighs> M, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, hello, I'm Emily. I use she, her pronouns. You can find me on TikTok at Stardust M and on Twitter and Instagram at underscore stardustm. Uh my brainworm of the week is Diego Luna touching my bare shoulder.
1: Yeah. yeah, we can talk about that. It's okay. We can talk yes. about that when we get into what happened in the weeks we've not recorded. Yeah, it's
0: been so long. <laughs> I know. Uh, lit or Hey! Okay. Oh, oh my God! God. I, I mixed up names a. for <laughs> once. <laughs>
1: okay. Hello, my name is Hayden. I use she/her pronouns. You can find me on TikTok at tycazytd and on Twitter and Instagram at mcuytd. And my brainworm of the week is clothing swap Han Valance. Very good. Where Valance is no Han is in Valance is like jumpsuit but because valance is so thick and muscular it's like flopping (laughs) on his shoulders and then valance is like almost breaking the han's like solo jacket (laughs) because he can't fit his shoulders in because he's just so beefy (laughs) love it love it (laughs) (sighs) Ah, so besties what has happened in the week, parentheses, week since we've recorded? End parentheses. I know someone has something special to say.
0: Um, I might have gotten invited to the Andor premiere, which probably like everyone knows at this point, but...
1: Bestie, I
0: am still so,
1: so happy for you. Like, if I were to pick anyone to go to the Andor premiere, It would have been you. Like, you you deserved this. Like, I I can't even pick anyone else who deserved this more than you did.
0: I was so shocked. Obviously, being partially because they invited me, like, two days in (laughs) in advance. (laughs) Um, But, like, I, yeah, I was like, holy shit, like, Star Wars invited me. (laughs) They, no, I won't say that. But, dude, I...
1: When I got that text, I was sitting on the couch. I gasped so loudly, I woke my dog up. (laughs) When you told us.
0: I I literally started telling my family like I was a proud mother. Yeah. My best friend is going to the Andor premiere. And they're like, (laughs) I don't even know what that is, but okay. No, (laughs) I told- I
1: told my, I went to the comic book store this week. um, uh, For those of you who don't know, I just moved back to school uh, and I go to another comic book store in San Diego and not the one where I get mansplained on how to organize my own comics. Uh, But anyways, I was talking... (laughs) I was talking to my friend and I was like, oh, you know, my friend went to the Andor premiere and he started he was like, what? No way. And then we just started talking about it. And I, I told him we have a podcast together. And he was very happy for you. And again, we are very, very happy for you at Galois Relay. <laughs>
0: Thank you. I know I flex a little because uh the guy from like someone from my work called me. He's like, Oh, I gotta watch the Andor episodes. And I was like, Do you want to sound funny? <laughs> I was like, remember I supposed to come back for vacation on this day? Well, I didn't, because I was actually at the premiere. <laughs> I've actually so seen true. the episodes. <laughs> I've actually seen
1: the episodes before anyone else. Before uh, anyone sorry. Else. <laughs> sorry.
0: <laughs> I actually had a personal conversation with Diego Luna okay. <laughs> that Which I don't, that don't that remember any of, because once again, blacked, blacked out. out. <laughs> Jocko said it was long. <laughs> oh
1: my god. That was like a minute and a half yeah i have
0: don't know what he said don't know what i said i do at oh, no. me i remember thinking a little bit like oh he's i was in heels too but i was like oh he's not as tall as i thought he was gonna be which isn't a bad thing but like <laughs> and then then he touched my shoulder like like twice and i was like okay <laughs> and it was also a lot because like kathleen kennedy was standing like a foot away so it's a lot it's a good thing diego was there to distract you from kathleen so you couldn't like exact revenge for her comments about solo alden i know i was overwhelmed i kyle specifically they were like we cannot let this woman near (laughs) kyle somebody somebody heard me like somebody heard me being the only one that screamed for him when they got introduced and they were like keep an eye out for her (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we cannot have her near him. <laughs> they got security in the know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but i then I also stood close to Genevieve, but we did not get to talk to her. But she also looked very beautiful. I'd be surprised. I'm. I'm happy Fiona Shaw showed up because she has like done like no press for this. Yeah, she looks so good. I know, and her. her we said this. Her and her wife were so. I love them. Cute. They're I so cute. And her picture with B two. Oh, oh, Are gonna you gonna mention that you met um Aaron Kellyman? Oh hello. yeah. hello <laughs> yes I also weird. Aaron Kellyman and had to have, and got to have like a full conversation with her I told her about I said I was like there's like a group of us we call ourselves solo nation we love you I told her that like how much we loved Enfys and how we wanted her to come back and she said I she also said she wanted Enfys to be an Andor and she seemed very surprised that we were like complimenting her on it because even my sister was like too I was like oh I loved you in Falcon and the Winter Soldier and she's like oh really <laughs> overwhelmingly beautiful in person like she looked so good that night and like just like her freckles and like everything she's beautiful she she's was so, so nice she like learned each of our names and like was like so sweet and nice and like didn't oh. talk to us yeah and just seemed like so happy <laughs> so yes but Erin knows about Solo Nation now and Solo Nation now. there are people out there batting for Enfys <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and then we also met daniel logan uh, oh you did i i know you said he was there but you didn't say you met him yeah we like spotted him and then we ended up coming up and being like oh hi (laughs) he was also very nice
1: oh Oh, yeah we were in celebration no big deal
0: (laughs) (laughs) and my sister sat right next to straw hat goofy at the premiere oh. and he was like talking with her like he was like he was like make little comments with her and they were like chatting during some of the episodes oh <laughs> like... my gosh shout out to straw hot goofy t- <laughs> i know because we came on Jay Stoops was there and, they- and we're mutual so it was nice because we got to meet for the first time my sister also really loves her and she was like so nice and then she's like oh i think she's like juju is coming he's just always late to these things <laughs> 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 and then literally yeah sat right sat right next to us <laughs> wow So right he's very, very nice <laughs> <Flag>. <laughs> yes but very nice i saw jen markham again too that was fun because we oh, met her yeah. at celebration mm-hmm. she was I in remember. her gym cosplay of course yeah. so mm-hmm. but yeah Amazing. Oh, was Jeremy there too? Jeremy's so cute. He's so no, because I think Jen Aww. was someone else's plus one. Like it was Aww, like she okay. wasn't, but I was like, yeah, because I love <laughs> Jeremy is so nice when we met him at celebration. <laughs> but yeah, no, he was not there. Oh. I still love really you, Jeremy. <laughs> love you. This is a this is a Jeremy standard. Jeremy <laughs> stand- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the only man. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> Uh, so that's what happened I'm very happy it's I still feels not really real but it was really incredible even if I was like so anxious the entire time I thought I was was, like literally once I I was in there my hands started getting like falling asleep which happens when I have a panic attack so I was like (laughs) no oh no but yeah it was great and then immediately after I got back to my hotel room I just started like crying it's <laughs> like the whole thing just like it's like that moment where like the whole everything comes down on you and I started like crying. I was like, okay. <laughs> but very nice. Yeah, I got to take my sister, which was exciting. She's as Isa said, she's also huge for a Gwen stand. So she also got to like talk to Diego and meet a bunch of the like TikTokers that she loves. So oh, that was nice.
1: Yeah. We're very it's happy exciting. for you.
0: Yeah. Yes. The guy who uh, was one of the guys from high school musical, the musical, the series was there. <laughs> he incidentally sort of started a rumor that he was Mormon in line. <laughs> We're like waiting in line to something. And she's like, I think he's Mormon. And like a bunch of other people being like, she just said she was, he was a Mormon. And I was like, don't no. <laughs> spread rumors. <Oops>. About <laughs> <laughs> also, we like briefly saw the guy who plays uh, Flash in the Spider-Man movies, too. He was like, yeah.
1: yeah, he was there for, um, is it Wicket? I think it's Wicket. Oh, that is film. he in that? Yeah, I saw oh, okay. of, like him, Aaron Kellyman. I don't know if Warwick Davis was there, but I saw like the main cast that came out on stage at the Lucasfilm panel at Celebration. Oh, okay, Christmas. Oh, They're for like Willow. Or
0: Willow, Willow. Willow. not Wicket. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, I, I knew you Aaron was there like for Davis Willow, and you're like Wicket. Wicket. <laughs> I was like, I knew Aaron Kellyman was there for Willow, and also just because, like, I yeah. knew, like, oh, she's in Star Wars, like, but that was also Lucas Films. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people. I felt weird because like, a lot of people were like, "Oh my God, Enfys and I was like, "I don't think so," based on the fact that she said she would like to be an Anorwa. Yeah. To us. <laughs> but there's always hoping for season two. Yeah.
1: We got you, Bestie. Solo Nation
0: has your back. Queen. <laughs> Love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> POV, we need stickers for Solo she... Nation. We we should. Yes. We should. Motivation. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Emily. Okay. Please. I also did not realize she was only like, she's like i's age. What? I always forget how young she She's 23. What? Yeah. What? Which what? I didn't realize until like after I talked to her. Oh my god. Like totally like our age.
1: She was in The Green Knight, that movie with um, Dev, Patel. Dev Patel. She was so fucking good in that movie. Like, ethereal. I think I would have passed out if I met her,
0: actually. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. She's the same age. What? Yeah. <laughs> Nin- 1998, she was born. So she's a little bit older than us, but only by like Rude. a couple weeks. Really, uh, yeah. No talking, bangy. <laughs> Un- unfair that she can look that gorgeous and she be twenty three.
1: She is so pretty. Mm-hmm. Like the picture of you and her, Emily. Like,
0: I you like. Both, you both believe... look like ethereal, and that's yes. like my stunning with my dress that I got from Marshall's hours before (laughs) your (laughs) dress slayed like do
1: not kid yourself you slayed on that red carpet I'm glad I
0: went with that one instead of the brown one Mm -hmm.
1: I also um when I got the text that you said it turns out I'm not in the fan I'm actually on the carpet I I giggled at that but (laughs) I do (laughs) you Our little but our little co-host is famous. He's a
0: <laughs> well making me blush. <laughs> but that, that was very exciting. Um next time all of us at the and or two. Yes. And or well, two, two premiere and or two <laughs> and or two electric boogaloo. <laughs> two and or two Fury. <laughs> <laughs> oh man!
1: And then, what else happened this week? Andor's Andor yep. episodes one through three came out. Uh, what else happened in the Star Wars land?
0: Uh. I don't think anything else. We've had some accolade casting news, which looks slay. Good. Every uh, every Manny single DeSinko? person a slay. That is such a sexy cast truly like, truly they said sexy people in the front caucasians to the back and we appreciate <laughs> it yeah so true <laughs> god that cast is already so sexy and we don't know who they're playing so mm-hmm. like no <laughs> like, i all we know right is that amandala is the like main character
1: yeah that's <laughs> all we know <laughs> and isn't it supposed to be like about i think it's phase
0: side? three I don't know. It's I. Think, it is dark side. I think it's Sith. It is High Republic, but I think it's isn't it? Yeah, like I think it's even after end? Phase Three. Yeah, yeah. Oh like yeah, almost-
1: at the fall of the High Republic, or like at the end. I think yes, so those- like the
0: transition period between the the High Republic and the prequel era. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm sure they're gonna. My guess is like they'll probably line up the release with like the release of Phase Three. Mm. is my guess but it looks good I'm interested that cast is uh, incredible immaculate <laughs> and If they're gonna be playing like dark side characters they're gonna be even sexier oh so true so true. man yeah oh my god <laughs> Manny Jacinko in his villain era yes 10 out of 10 yeah Get forward to it <laughs>
1: <sighs> well, I think that concludes everything that
0: you've missed with us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now we can get into more Andor. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> so uh, just so you all know, for the next 10, 11 weeks, whatever, how, however long we'll be doing weekly episodes on Andor. I think it's uh, 10, 10 or 11. 10, 10, because we have the first mm-hmm. three already yeah so we'll be doing weekly episodes on andor uh we're probably gonna have we already have some cool guests some lined besties up. some besties we're probably gonna have some more besties on so it'll be fun and that's the goal uh not sure about tales of the jedi yet we'll figure it we'll cross that bridge when we get to it <laughs> <laughs> but uh first overall thoughts Over, hey, Two I thumbs up first yeah Two thumbs up. Six thumbs
1: up. So so, God. I rewatched the episodes this morning just because I wanted to re-up and kind of think about what I've seen just people on Twitter and people on TikTok are saying. This show is like, I don't even know how to say it, but it's like, I... I was listening to the RuPops episode this morning, and they were kind of talking about how the three release premiere was definitely necessary because if we only Mm -hmm. had one, if I don't want to set, this is, I know the connotations of what this is going to sound like, and I will explain them, but it would have been disastrous because they, you don't get enough information within the first episode to like be content with And like, see where it's going. I mean, of course, we don't obviously know where it's going, but it's just not enough, like, it's just not enough story to just have that one standalone episode be the premiere. And I feel like the fandom menace would very much be racking on the show even more than they already are simply Mm -hmm. because it was a slow, quote unquote, uh, opening. So, overall, I think this three episode premiere really works. Um I know people, I know some people got four episode screeners, so I'm interested interested to see how they interpret it compared to the people who just saw the three episodes cuz maybe those connect even more. Um but overall, I these first three episodes were excellent. Let me tell you, bix 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 bix, bix. bix. bix and the the commentary that's taking place just within the first 3 episodes alone especially in um this kind of like corporate sector police thing going on it's it's just incredible and i've never seen a project do this like at all like we kind of see the remnants of like we see the consequences of um Of imperialism, I think a lot in Mandalorian, but that's obviously a very different context because the empire's already fallen. These structures of power are not completely dismantled, but they have less of a hold over the galaxy than obviously they do at the time of Andor. But I I cannot wait for the rest of the show. I'm very excited to see how it plays out and how the commentary will continue because Diego said that a lot of this, um, he said in like interviews and stuff. I haven't actually listened to the interviews. I've seen like blurbs of it, but he said that this story is very much about migrants and how they and how they're living in today's society and especially from the first three episodes i can absolutely see how that's going to play into cassian's character throughout the course of the series and into rogue one so Liv, what are your thoughts i
0: freaking loved it i just thought it was incredible that's it i don't oh, okay words i I've, <laughs> I've loved all of the other tv shows that have come out so far but this one just feels different to me Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. it feels I don't want to say like more elevated because that sounds pretentious but no I get um, what you mean it just feels so much better like it's done so much better the quality is so much better and I don't know if it's just because they're using actual sets and not the volume and you can actually see things might be a factor, but um, (laughs) it's just so good. And like, I cannot stop thinking about the opening segment, like, no, like Like, that (laughs) right there. That just sets up the
1: series for greatness and (laughs) like how
0: it mirrors his intro scene in rogue one. (laughs) I was hoping we were going to talk about that. Oh God. uh, It's so good when the when the cops I don't know what they are they're cops um but when they're following them following yeah, down the alleyway and it's just completely focused on his face mm-hmm. you can't see yeah. them you can only see his reactions like give that man an award just for that scene alone that was just oh uh, it was so good like <laughs> I mean, like, I know I'm biased, but like, I truly feel like if anybody <laughs> is going to win an award for like a Star Wars show, it would be someone in this. Like, I oh, mean, yeah. obviously Diego Luna is fucking killing it, but Stellan Skarsgård just in his like appearance, and incredible, Ad- and Adria, too. Adria was we, amazing. Kyle, we are going to talk about her. acting and that it did incredible. Like, and and we haven't even seen. Genevieve or Denise yet, oh my who, god so have been praised very consi- like we haven't even seen them yet so like <laughs> and and Forrest hasn't come in and we all know mm-hmm. that Forrest always delivers Go ahead. oh no I was like I like to live with saying like you know you're worried when they say they were so on the show, being gritty and and dark, and like that was like, oh god, we're not going to be able to see shit, are we? <laughs> that's <laughs> going to translate. But like the way that they were so creative about, like even the scenes, like the opening scene, it was dark, but because of how they like lit it, you could still see mm-hmm. very clearly. I was never confused at what was happening mm-hmm. or like kind of turn my brain this up because yeah. like it still felt so good and like it feels so, it, it feels different from what we've gotten from Star Wars before, while also, in my opinion, feeling like Star Wars, because it still has those themes that deep down Star Wars has always been about. You have this, like, message of, like, hope and and Cassian being able to find a purpose again, um, a found family, of community and uh community rising up specifically against like this bigger force like all of that is still so present even within the first three episodes and like that doesn't even once again account for like how we're gonna get other like acts of uh defiance with like someone like Mon Mothma um we're gonna see more of like Luthen's journey to being a rebel like all of that like that's what I really loved about this show is like you know say what you want about Tony Geroy. he can say what he wants about doesn't like Star Wars doesn't watch Star Wars he understands I think that man understands Star Wars yeah
1: <laughs> and one thing I wanted to bring up when you said like the acts of defiance another thing that Well, obviously nothing I want to bring up, but I really enjoy the fact that Diego Luna is a producer and was involved Mm -hmm. behind the camera and in the production and not just being in front of the camera Mm -hmm. because there was a tweet I saw. I don't remember what it's called, but when the villagers like they they strike on those metal cans as like an act of defiance and an act of like intimidation. There's like an actual I think I don't remember where it's from. I think it's from Puerto Rico, but it's. It's a it's symbol a- of defiance and resistance. And I think yeah. that part They're Like culturally- clank pox
0: and pans yes. out their mm-hmm. windows.
1: Yeah. And I don't, but you wouldn't be able to get something like that if you didn't have Diego or another- Latina per- person of color behind behind the camera at all and I think that yeah. that is what's really going to set this apart and really play into as Diego said this kind of migrants journey through this galaxy in the context of Star Wars and that's just something I wanted to bring up um but yeah these systems and like the pockets of defiance that are going to be popping up are going to be very interesting like not to compare them to each other because obviously you can't compare like Saw's. Um, saw's rebel cell to like the ghost crew i mean obviously they're still fighting for like the same things but they go about it different ways and it's nice to compare them but you get to really see how these experiences will shape how they're defying the empire and especially Mm -hmm. i think i feel like people are going to see that with saw
0: yeah (laughs) oh yeah Yeah, and like and when you're talking about the migrant story all of the flashbacks Mm -hmm. Where it's they're speaking a native language, it feels like you know it's very, it's this whole different like culture that you're seeing than the one that Cassian is currently living in. Um, and then you know, of course, like now you have this narrative of like he was taken from that, and yeah, Marva was trying to protect him. She thinks that he's doing the right or she's doing the right thing because she thinks, oh, if we leave him, he's gonna get killed. But in taking him away from his culture, she's now sentenced him to this life where he will always be an outsider where he now has to learn a completely new culture a completely new language he doesn't have his sister anymore his sister got left behind he never knows he still doesn't know what happened to her um he's having to adjust as like I think he's 10 but like whatever he's like an older like he's like a more fully formed kid um Mm -hmm. and now he's having to adjust to all of that and you know how that happens so much with that happens often with migrants is like this and this battle of like being thankful while also having this struggle of like that you've taken from me um Mm -hmm. is really incredible and like I I think like you said I don't think that would have happened had we not had someone like Diego Luna who was also behind the scenes who was also really you can tell really influenced Cassian's Mm -hmm. character and also really genuinely cares about this character and you can tell also like the other you know people very genuinely care about Cassie and 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 what his character kind of represents and and wanting to tell his story and do it justice
1: yes and I especially with the the scene of them kind of like getting ready to approach this ship I've heard a little bit of discourse um the The episode that Rue Palps just put out, I think it's episode 51. I don't remember what it's called, but they go into a lot more detail and a lot more eloquence as to like the nuance of the situation, like especially having um, brown children of color speaking a, a native language that the white woman who is trying to save him doesn't understand. And it it, it honestly, I can completely see how that kind of like, sends or like sets off some alarm bells and mel and um claudia kind of really talk about that and the nuances of that in their episode and i will never be able to reach that kind of understanding that they do so Mm -hmm. please go check them out and um listen to their thoughts on that but yes i'm very very happy that diego was able to was able to influence this and have a perspective on it that otherwise like tony gilroy is just not equipped to have
0: yeah and it's and it's clear that i feel like tony gilroy and him were such like creative partners in this Mm -hmm. which is nice um also because i think diego luna also like even if just like talking in general like you know diego luna is a bit more of a star wars fan like he watched it Mm -hmm. when he was a kid so even just having that balance of somebody who is very much more focused on the and or story versus maybe someone who can be like oh it'd be cool if like this happened or like we reference this I don't know mm-hmm. stuff like that
1: um, I think this is the perfect segue to talk about Cassian in the episode
0: which Emily I will let you go first this is this is your joker my oh friend my god <laughs> I this was everything and probably more than I could have expected one I want to briefly shout out I I said how good of a job Diego did but the young actor who plays Mm casa truly so good truly added so much to the character um and he was doing a lot of that acting you know either speaking not english um for a lot of the audience or just it was just purely facial acting it was it was not dialogue acting and he did an incredible job Mm -hmm. truly Mm -hmm. um I mean, yeah. Seeing his, his backstory, I love that they have this twist on his backstory, this recon mm. recontextualization, not yes. retcon, recontextualization yes. <laughs> of of oh yeah, he's they say he's from Fest, but he's actually from this other planet, and they're they're saying Fest to uh, cover up where he's actually from, and uh, you know for years they talked in so the show like was in development people talked about Cassian's sister um so it was so cool actually getting to like see his little sister but not only that to know that he's still looking for her um and that he's still looking for that piece of home is truly I mean it's heartbreaking but it's so beautiful and I wonder you know clearly he does not want Marva knowing that he's looking for her and I wonder if Either that means that he never told her about his sister or if he did, she tried to look, she couldn't find him, her, and was like, but he couldn't let it go. I don't know. I'm so interested in that. I'm so interested to see where that goes. I I think this is so great because this was really the perfect balance of we are learning about this new Cassian, this Cassian who is not a rebel, who he's (laughs) he truly nobody fucking likes him (laughs) everyone's (laughs) everyone's annoyed (laughs) with him he is struggling uh he's trying to you know he's getting in trouble as marva said and trouble that he's not going to be able to talk himself out of um while also you know balancing he's very caring towards his mother and um you know, has this complicated relationship with Dix and even seemingly complicated relationship with a lot of the other people of the community. Um, but then you also see kind of that like Cassian that has always been there, that person who can slip very easily into like this easy conversation with people who occasionally has a bit of a short temper. He's a little bit angrier here, and you can see that, but you can still see in Rogue One even though he's less angry, he still has kind of that that shortness sometimes, especially when he starts to get frustrated. Um, and I mean, truly you do see him lost. Like you don't really know what he's doing except for helping his sister, scamming people <laughs> seemingly, uh, stealing from the empire to, to make some money. Um, and it's clear that he's saving for Marva. Um, Because I think he, if he's trying to leave um, versus, you know, the man in Rogue One who was so steadfast in his beliefs, who would do anything for the rebellion here. It's just, he's so not aligned with like anything really. Um, I think it was so great to see. And I love how Diego managed to like, yeah, make it feel like the new Cassian and the Cassian that we already know. And you can see how he becomes the Cassian we know in Rogue One while also seeing how like making sense of like who he is now. I just, yeah, like I don't, (laughs) it just made me like him even more, which I didn't think was possible. And I think I'm just going (laughs) to like him even more as we go along, like seeing him learn how to be a rebel, learning more about his relationship with his, his mom and um, his dad, maybe even like with Bix, uh, seeing more how he grapples with being in like this new environment and his new mentorship with Lou then I just, I'm so excited.
1: <laughs> I'm very excited to see the evolution of this Castian and over this, um, this, uh, <laughs> this, ep- these episodes and the next episodes, um, and seeing how they can, uh, how he grows into that, but still keeps this kind of central character, that we see here and obviously we have elements of it in rogue one but seeing the evolution of him growing into that character and maybe being nurtured by either whatever draven comes in or how luthan is going to kind of guide him in the right direction of the rebellion maybe he's going to meet mon mothma and maybe we'll see the origins of their relationship but either way i think this was a fantastic setup to the establishment of Cassian and seeing how how he starts and how those pockets of resistance throughout the galaxy are gonna really like influence his involvement in the rebellion.
0: Liv? Um, okay. Like we did in our Cassian episode, I've never really thought about him at a great length. Um, I I did, I did really like him in this. Um, It's, it's so crazy to me that this takes place five, five years before Rogue One, because he feels he like, obviously it's Cassian, but he does feel so different. He feels so much younger. He feels a lot more immature. Um. I love that he's canonically a whore. We love it. Um, <laughs> like, I'm so happy for him, but it's just it's it's great to see the the more like childish side of Cassian almost. Like not yeah. childish because obviously he's he's a grown man and he's like scamming people, but like <laughs> Good for him. Yeah he <laughs> matures a lot. He yeah. yeah. I mean but he's like he is a twenty one year old boy. Yeah. Like, you feel that? Like he's, a, oh, he, yeah. he's a year older than me. Like,
1: <laughs> I feel for like that part of
0: it's like, yeah, for now. <laughs> <laughs> we, we know. But, like, yeah. He's, he has a lot of, you notice how much, like, growing up he does. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure yeah. some of that probably is a result of, like, what I assume the losses he's going to take in this show. But, uh,. <laughs>
1: i'm very concerned for him because if my god if he loses marva i feel like we can i
0: swear
1: swear. his relationship with marva is i was re-watching the episodes today and i am probably that's one of the parts i'm most interested to see because especially how we've talked about like him taking her taking him without his consent and how he's going to kind of come to terms with that and how he views her as a mother figure or a mentor figure or however he turns out to um to to view her i feel like that's going to be a really interesting thing to see as well and how it affects his relationship with um other figures in the rebellion with like luthan and eventually Mon mothma and bale and i guess whoever else is in his little pocket of the rebellion
0: yeah because it's yeah it's like you can clearly see from that episode he cares a lot about mm-hmm. her he he wants her to be safe he's worried about her um he specifically like he's saving money specifically for her but you know also and like in part of that like but he's also like lying and um you do have to wonder like how if there's that little bit of resentment below the surface of kind of like mm-hmm. you yeah you saved me but you also took me from everything that I know and put me in this new environment with no one like that I and I just kind of it's like you just kind of have to trust her I guess like this lady took you so just gotta <laughs> got, just gotta trust this woman now um but like I think that it's an interesting relationship um mm-hmm. And you can, yeah, like obviously, you can tell Marvel very deeply cares for him too, and is is really worried about him and what he's doing, um, and wants him to be safe despite his <laughs> almost insistence that he doesn't. He wants to be reckless, <laughs> almost. <laughs>
1: The one line that sticks out to me about their relationship is when um he's calming B2 and he says tell her to keep the house warm you know how cold she gets. Yeah. I, I I just noticed that on my rewatch today and oh, I, I, I was I, not expecting
0: that. I'm looking forward to seeing their relationship more because we really don't have any mother like mother son ch- mother child in yeah. general. <laughs> relationships in star wars (laughs) yeah we don't have a lot and like the fact that this show is featuring marva uh we know that cyril's mother is gonna be in this and we're gonna see their relationship and then also mon Mothma in somewhat of a mentor relationship um to cassian but it also seems like maybe even other characters like that's like that's so many women that we have not really gotten to see (laughs) before like the like you know we have a little bit of Leia and Ray, and then like Hera but like that's kind of that's it that's all I can really (laughs) think about for the most part like off the top of my head um sure there are a couple more but like you know and in a lot of cases too like and in some cases too people have not reacted well to like women in those positions um legends
1: Hayden is screaming crying throwing up (laughs)
0: there's no but uh yeah I'm excited I'm excited to have more more motherhood in this show
1: yeah
0: (laughs) canon canon feminist Cassie
1: So I feel like if we talk about Marva we also have to talk about B2 because B2 was also there when she rescued took Cassian however you want to say it um, I would I would argue it's more like took but he was he was there and he's he's still just putting around on Ferrix all those years you. later
0: old <laughs> droid that's two lies. <laughs> he's so old, and you all. It's also so sweet how much he clearly cares about Cassian, and like you should stay here. Like, you if you instead of going, like just tell me. Or instead of just telling me we in the money, is, stay. Uh, he's like worried about her, and then also like Marva. Um, and I know people were saying that Marva probably doesn't have the heat on because it takes so much energy to charge him. Because I don't think I can't think of any other drawer that we've had to see that has to be charged. Yeah. Except so I'm wondering, for, like, like, how they, old is
1: he? They technically he? they technically do have to be charged, but he might be like an older model because the the yeah. way that R2 and and three PO charge, like, there's this one like arc or episode or two of the Clone Wars where they get stranded and they run out of power, and then they oh get, yeah, I guess go, Dio
0: also has a little charging station in yeah. Shadow of the Sith. Mm-hmm.
1: So he must be like a really old model because he takes long to charge, and obviously he just like, he's just old. He's
0: just old.
1: <laughs> yeah. So he might be like another um, another like type of droid that maybe went out of commission or style, which also says a lot about the the climate of Ferrix and how it kind of resides in the galaxy and in the Empire.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah, B two is he's so pocket sized. <laughs> He's so pocket-sized. I love that it's, I love that physically they made him so much different than K2. Uh, very mm-hmm. short, boxy and red versus K2 who's like huge. He's more rounded um, and he's all, he has that all stark black design. Um, but also how like, how it kind of links into like Cassian having a droid that he loves and having like, you know, in a lot of points of his life, like droids were basically the only people that he could consistently rely on and trust um which also makes sense why in a case you know he might like it almost better to have k2 as his companion instead of having another partner from the rebellion because you know he reminds him of b2 or just he knows like he just has that trust for droids and that love for them um I love He's so fog size. I'm so worried about
1: him. <laughs> where are the Andor Funko announcements? I want... Okay, so my vision he's a, is co- that...
0: They said B2 is a comic. They made a B2 one, but he's a New York City Comic-Con exclusive.
1: You're lying. So rude.
0: No, and I don't know where the other ones are. I'm assuming that maybe they're... They have to wait maybe a couple episodes in because we haven't seen some of the characters yet. Oh, you're right. But like what if- I need my Ma- I need my Mon Mothma Funkos. Like I have am not playing I have anymore. Visions.
1: <laughs> I have visions for these characters. I want like their standard outfits and then I want their chases. So like B2, you already have like the Comic Con exclusive, but one of the chases could be like um could be like newer B2, like the, the way that they saw him in the uh in the ship. And then Mon Mothma, we could get like her fancy Senna outfit with like the white. And then the other one, we have, wasn't she wearing like a blue dress or something on one
0: of the clips? She she has like a blue like suit dress thing. She also has the orange one. Um she has like a she's a couple, I think. And I'm assuming we're gonna get more. Boom. But so many chases she and for Cyril. <laughs>
1: and for Cyril. Get, get him in have... that
0: goofy little that goofy little gray fit.
1: <laughs> we have we have his like blue and orange gray getup from the the corporate police and then his chase could be his isb thing like his isb I or think,
0: whatever that gray thing is i don't think yeah that's him in the isb at whatever that is I, <laughs> is that like just casual wearing i I'm you like, don't totally know like, is that just what he's wearing <laughs> i have no idea i wouldn't put it past him he released that clip of him but it looks like if you light it up that's also what he's wearing in the one still with his mom a little, so a little that funky is, that's what that's what he's, he's wearing going. to family dinner yeah literally <laughs> and then we have Deidre or uh Deidre not Deidre that's the ship we are getting uh, do we need Deidre, uh, Deidre. We, we need, need Deidre Bix. Bix with her Bix brace. I would kill for a Bix pop please her brace, I need it well especially because they can do a Cassian one that's shaved because they already released yeah. the one but they can do mm-hmm. a shaved Cassian poncho Cassian poncho cassian oh i guess they so might true. do imperial cassian i know they released when they did Probably. rogue one they released so many chin ones and she only wore mm-hmm. like two outfits in that movie <laughs> <laughs> so like they could really pump out these cassian ones if they want to in summation i think funko should hire me it's so true, true. Ugh. also while we're on i know that we did not get a lot of him for on the conversation of like the andor family clem what a guy. <laughs> we haven't seen a lot of him, but love him. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's actually something really cool too about both Cassian and um, Jin being raised by Black men. I think that's really cool. Um, I I don't know. I think my headcanon currently is that he was the one that gave ba- or Cassian the Bantha stuffy, which is why he still has it by his bed, because it's like one of the only things that he still has left of Clem. Um, I'm so interested to see their relationship. I'm so confused why he did not seem more invested <laughs> in taking that child. I was like, girl, that's, I was like, that's gonna be your child. <laughs> but um yeah. I'm excited to see more of him. I'm sad because I think we're getting, because I think you know we are getting the clone troopers. So I'm thinking that that's gonna be more Clem and Marva uh, mm-hmm. backstory. So I'm so interested to see more of him. He does give off male wife energy. He does, um, and we love that. Mm-hmm. We are fans of of male wives on this podcast Yes we are (laughs) So uh, now we can probably move on to Bix Bix, 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 Bix Bix,
1: Bix. Bix. oh my god She (laughs) I I forget, you told me that Chaco said that she was distractingly beautiful and I can confirm that is a hundred percent correct. She is just ethereal. Like I, I can't even describe how beautiful she is. Like she is just stunning. And then the yellow, like kind of like muted mustard yellow
0: fits her so well. I love all the colors on Ferrix. I love that they, the colors that they went were all those like yellows and greens and it's, it's so oranges almost. Oh yeah. I just love the, and I love how it has that distinct color pattern. Um, mm-hmm. And we also have a lot of the, yeah, greens. I love, and I love how like the outfits feel so Star Wars, but also like so casual. Cause you have that one guy- like, Hoodies, hoodie, Hoodies are canon. Hoodies are canon. <laughs> and then he has like guys in like brim, just like baseball caps, but like they look Star Warsy. y <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, I, and then
1: um, if we're talking about uh, clothing, I want to mention the like mitt wall of like all the Miner's gloves. That is so cool. And I have a feeling that that is going to come into play later because there was no reason mm-hmm. for them to like mm-hmm. focus on that for a good four seconds and, and give us like a couple
0: different angles. Specific yeah. ones that were empty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: like that's going to be, they're planting the seeds for something. And I'm excited to yeah. see
0: what happened there. But you go ahead. I was, I'm so happy. Bix, I'm, I, we don't know a lot about her yet, but one thing I was really happy right off the bat was I very much appreciate that they wrote a female character who is both very obviously strong and independent and she is very she is this kind of clear moral compass but is feminine in the way that like we see her in a romantic relationship we see her okay. flirting we see and you know we know her and Cassie and we're at one point together and I really appreciate that because we had this discussion some <laughs> Star Wars writers don't seem to understand <laughs> that badass female is not instantly equated to a good female character and that women can be feminine and also still be badass so I really appreciated that thus far that we were able to get someone and even like the way she dressed like too it was a mix of like very practical but like the silhouettes felt very feminine her Mm -hmm. hair was in braids but like it all felt like I really loved that and I felt like they weren't shying away from that um God, her acting was so good. The one scene that really oh stuck out God. to me was her confronting Tim. And you can just yes. see that anger as she as she puts together and the anger starts to just boil up under the surface. Yes. And then also the when he she's just like looking at his body and then the two I forget those guys names but they were great those the, those two hoodie guy and <laughs> head guy you're great um <laughs> come and take her and she like reaches out for him and you can no, just see like how I, shell-shocked that, she is
1: exactly and that's a lot the fact that we saw her shell-shocked is something that we don't see a lot in Star Wars. Like, Star Wars, you see, oh, they they killed the bad guy. The, whoop, whoopee, yippee, yeah. if you will. <laughs> but, like, we actually got to see, like, the human reaction to someone being killed by this instrument of fascism. And the way yeah. that she was just, she had to sit there, literally chained by her arm, forced to look at the body of her boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, whatever you want to call it, partner one night stand dude. whatever dude but the way that she just looked so hollow and so empty like especially when hoodie guy and brim hat guy had to come and like cut the cuffs off of her because mm-hmm. the 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 cops left her there like you could just see just that part made me cry by the way and then I cried throughout the whole rest of the ending um yeah but yeah her acting was
0: superb just yeah she- hats off incredible i want i'm so interested to see where they take her character if we end up seeing like more of her on uh fair. i think so because i think there's a scene we have some uh stills of her that aren't from these like first three episodes um so i'm really interested to see her kind of reaction to everything mm-hmm. um and he her still kind have of- the
1: mud trooper scene i feel like that's gonna be a really big one
0: yeah, but, uh, yeah, and there's another one where it looks like she's talking to someone on Ferex. I don't know who, but, like, I'm I'm really interested. And the fact that, like, you know, this whole time, like, she is quietly participating in the rebellion. She's selling Imperial stuff to mm-hmm. Luthen. Um, I'd be really interested to see, like, how long they've been working together, if that was something her parents did. And then she kind of continued it on, um, because her parents own the garage before her so like clearly like she has and she is like particular like has a long history on Ferrex. Okay. um to so knowing that versus like especially versus Cassian who you know that's not his home planet I'd be really interested to see that I don't know if Marvel was from there either if that's somewhere that they settled after um mm-hmm. but yeah I'd love to see that especially I loved Farrick's it felt so real i loved how they showed the mm-hmm. community i love how they showed how interconnected everyone was like how the they scene came after, together. yeah the scene after cyril like breaks into her house and
1: all of the community members were like how could you do that it's or margaret's like woman.
0: yeah yeah and then when they see him coming they're all banging and closing mm-hmm. up everything um when Brazo attaches the junk to mm-hmm. the ship to fuck it up. And it's mm-hmm. it's just that little act of rebellion. And oh, that's that's such a good shot with him just walking, him being the only one, and he's just walking away from it. Mm-hmm. And then at the end you see him at the bar drinking. What a king. So king. True. Oh, love breath, <laughs> <laughs> And this is more just this is
1: more just general, but I'm really interested to see how they intersplice like Cassian's shindig or like. Adventures with luthan with um the more grounded life on Ferrix, and I'm especially interested to see how they deal with that mud trooper scene with like the riot police, and how they're gonna kind of not parallel that, but how they're gonna weave it into
0: Cassian's story when he's off with Luthen yeah. somewhere. Well, I'm also wondering if like because we also see Dedra and Bix together, so I'm wondering if it's a thing where you know, because of what oh, happens. ISB. they're sending, yep. they're sending the ISB in and they're sending mm-hmm. Imperials in to further sort of control them. Cause this is like an embarrassment for the empire that these people mm-hmm. were able to like, basically they were able to escape and take out their ship and it's embarrassing. So uh, they're going to send in like the ISB and I wonder like if kind of Binks and Marva are going to be like somewhat leaders and like that kind mm-hmm. of like resistance against them. Because um, I think that would make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm.
1: The way they're constructing the show is just so good. But sorry, it's so go good. Ahead.
0: Oh no, I was like, "Well, we're on Tim. Tim, fuck Tim." I've seen people try to defend him, and look—is he had a human reaction? He had human emotions. He's a grown adult man. There was no way in fuck that he did not know what was going to happen, what the police would do. Because mm-hmm. people have tried to be like, oh, well, he he doesn't know what the audience knows. Yes, he does. The, the fucking planet knows. Why mm-hmm. was there an organized effort that all of them immediately started shutting stuff down and clanging if they had not dealt with the police before? They say they haven't mm-hmm. been there in a while, but clearly they've dealt with them before. Tim is clearly a part of that community. And like, not only did he violate Bix's trust, trust and Cassian's trust, But he violated, like, basically the entire community's trust. Um, Also, he never fucking tried to talk to Binx. I don't care. Like, he never brought up his concerns. Binx Binx had clear boundaries with him of, like, we go to dinner once a week. He -hmm. was jealous. He's following her around. Creepy, weird, mind your fucking business. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I... (laughs) It's fine, it's bad. I don't think like I'm not saying he like deserved it. However, this idea that like Tim is like not in the wrong when like he very clearly was like mm-hmm. yeah. baffles me. Tim is not like the I'm not gonna here. defend him.
1: No, he's not he's not this martyr that people are making him out to be.
0: No, I'm sorry. And like like I said on Twitter, like it's such a representation of like you a white man. Called the police, and then we're surprised when they showed violence against like the people of color, like specifically your girlfriend of color. Like, like get get a fucking grip. You're a, you're an adult man living under the empire.
1: <laughs>
0: what what are you doing? I
1: think anyway. that's all we need to say. Clownery. That's all we need from to say that man.
0: Too. Clownery. Clownery. <laughs> Speaking of clownery. <laughs> uh, yay! Like. <laughs> Let's move on to this this silly the silly, the silly, the, little the, silly fascist. Boy, the silly little fascist Cyril. Oh <laughs> Look, I my y'all God. I know that I know that there have been discussions. I understand that he's bad. I understand that he's a cop. I like him. <laughs> I think he's silly and I like him. He's just he's a little relatable in his type A-ness and his annoyingness. I
1: cannot get over the way he's just
0: he's just (laughs) he's so miracle like that silly (laughs) I I truly like you're like yeah this (gasps) is like truly the anxious (laughs) and he's nervous why is he like that exactly The scene of him describing what he did to his uniform is just so funny for no reason. Did you change... and it, he, like, lists, oh like, five God. things that he does. Apparently, <laughs> also, I don't know if they were joking, but oh Denise and Kyle were asked about their characters and how they met, and they said they went to the same tailor. That's what we've heard. Like, what they said is that they go to the same tailor, and, like, Deidre hears about a man, and it's, like, gotta be oh who. So, that, the fact that I, and I, I was, like, that's weird, but the fact that they added the tailoring detail into this episode makes me believe that they're not joking and that that's serious. <laughs> Oh my God, there are tears in my eyes. I. Deidre and Cyril meeting will change lives for real. Truly. Truly. Oh my God. I. He's so silly and he's so like deeply insecure. You can tell like he just is so insecure and trying so hard to like do his job and like he just wants to follow the rules. It, It does give a little bit callous, like this he has this very firm sense of like what is right and what he needs to be doing um and like I said like I clearly that's going to be like challenged and like and clearly also that grows into this like obsession he said like it's like a Javert. Is that the guy from Les Mis Javert yeah (laughs) Javert Javert it's his obsession with Cassian like that that kind of all like ends up like coming on uh is like that insecurity and this need to impress and this need to like do good all like kind of falls on Cassian and I think that's I just think he's so interesting. <laughs> like I'm not gonna like he's so fascinating to me. <laughs> he's, so just, like, I, a, he's so silly.
1: What if I want to put him in a jar and shake
0: him around. Yeah. <laughs> I tweeted this out, but
1: you know when you put like garlic cloves in the two bowls and then you shake them to peel them, that is absolutely what needs to happen to him. Either that or he yeah. needs the stick taken out of his ass.
0: Yeah. Like surgically. Like <laughs> Kyle Like Kyle was so right. Like when he said love to hate him. And I also think that's like so compelling is like apparently Kyle said like when he had initially read it, he was having a hard time seeing what if Cyril was supposed to be like a hero or a villain. Um and like he talks oh, about kind of all these complexities, and I think like he talks about how like you know he has this relationship with his mom. She's like a stage mom, so that's also adds like another layer to this of like he's like his like mother is like pressuring him to like be a good fascist. That's so funny. Oh my god, to me. dance mom Cyril's mom, literally. Dance Cyril's <laughs> Dan- so, mom is Abby Lee Miller. <laughs> And I think it's funny to watch him like slowly lose grip of the situation, and he just gets more stressed. I'm like, first of all, it's so relatable. You me? can see the vein <laughs>
1: popping out of his neck.
0: Cyril Khan, unfortunately, and I feel people will judge me for this. Unfortunately, Cyril Khan is very is very me coded. Um, so that's why I, I can't like, like you for real. Hate him. He's like just like me for real, not in like the way that I would be a cop because like no, uh. but in like just the way that he acts. <laughs> Like yeah, like yeah. You would go sit in a library for an hour because everyone in the group project said they were going to be there and no one showed up. And then you'd call your mom walking home crying, <laughs> like you yeah. would. To- oh, no. the, the, the mirror ballisms of the <laughs> mirror. <laughs> the mirror- <laughs> so true. Oh my god. Oh god. No, but, but i think- oh, go ahead. I, th- I think he's a good villain. Mm-hmm.
1: Like I mean, if he's yeah. going to stay the
0: villain, but like. And he's a good villain, too, I think, for Star Wars in particular, because he can go so many ways. Mm -hmm. Because you could see how all of this would force him into just being, like, into, like, the ISB directly onto, like, that path of someone like Krennic, or onto a path like Callus, where, like, his worldview has been shattered so much by this experience that he can no longer be in this system and he has to like he's like not gonna tear it down (laughs) like it's interesting how it could go either way uh Mm -hmm. in that especially when this seems like this was kind of like his first big mission and it just (laughs) failed flop (laughs) in his flop era
1: (laughs) he's just like me for real I- I'm- I'm afraid to say Cyril is just like me for real. As much as I've made fun of him, I too- I had an experience last quarter where this kid wouldn't do his fucking work. We had to get, like, the TA involved. He still didn't do it. I got a 93. He got, like, a (laughs) 50-something. Anyway, um, I was also- I'm not as enthusiastic as he is, but I was always kind of left to be the group leader because nobody else wanted mm-hmm. to do it. And I'm usually the loudest and most noticeable of everybody. So that's usually what happens to me. I, I'm i afraid that he's just like me for real. Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's, I... a
0: good, he's a good villain for all the type A girl- <laughs> girlies out because, there.
1: <laughs> you guys know me. I don't give... I pretend I don't give a fuck but unfortunately deep down I do give a fuck which is also why (laughs) I here's a little story that'll maybe contextualize this so I had to wear uniforms my entire life from pre-k all the way up until 12th grade I was in uniforms I the first couple years I was like constricted to the dress code like We had to wear a belt every single day. Our shirts had to be tucked in. We had to wear, if we had, if we wore like these, we called them the marshmallows because they were just basically like giant white sweatshirts. If we had to wear a marshmallow, we had to have like a collared shirt on underneath it. Uh, The last two years, junior and senior year, I was so like, I was, everyone knew that I followed the rules so much that, that. I just, I didn't wear a belt, I didn't tuck in my shirt, sometimes I didn't even wear a shirt underneath my sweater, and I was able to get away with it. So I feel like that part is very me-coded, and I'm, I don't <laughs> want to say I'm proud to have done that, because I don't want to break many rules, but I think the important part of the, about that story is that I follow the rules enough that I can break them, I don't get in trouble. Yeah. And I feel Not. like that's a pretty good representation of this old noggin right here. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And this idea that, like, there's something interesting, too, in, like, this, it's like the mall kind of idea, this obsession of, like, a lot was going on in your life, but this one thing happened and you've now decided it's pinpointed on this one person. Yeah. (laughs) It is, it's the mall, it's the mall Kenobi dynamic for, uh, for For the people who, yeah, for Rebel, (laughs) for people who like the rebellion. (laughs) Like instead of the oh. Jedi and the Sith, it's that dynamic. Like it's, it's so it's so interesting. And I, yeah, I'm sorry talking a lot about him, but I think it could be oh, so interesting because I think it's interesting to either see him as, as Cassian gets further pushed into the rebellion, we see him get further pushed into the Empire, and he they have this constant Ooh. like battle, or adversely, you know he defects and now we have to have this conversation about what does atonement look like what Mm -hmm. does if if cyril and cassian are working together what does it look like because i feel like as much as i love rebels as much as i love callus and his uh arc for that reason we did miss i feel like in my opinion a lot of conversations between callus and zeb specifically about from like his defection into the rebellion like we're like you feel like we're missing conversations about how exactly did you get to this point where like he defects, yes, and that's good. But now you're taking him to your home planet. So like, I love, I think it's an interesting opportunity to potentially have conversations about like, what does it mean to work with someone who has directly hurt you, even when you are on the right side right now? What does atonement for Cyril look like? What does forgiveness from Cassian look like? Um, like, what what does that all mean and like in the grand scheme and like and also like because you know Cassian it's not like he's the most trusting person and we see that both with I think Bodhi and with Galen and Rogue One so it'd be I think that makes it even more interesting for him to potentially work with an imperial defector um yeah and I just feel like I mean like I know that like some people are like I don't think he's gonna defect I just I think that partially because of the way Kyle has talked about his character but I also think it's worth noting that like basically every single piece of uh media in this time period has had an imperial defector solo the bad batch rogue one rebels um even lost stars like the books have had it so like it is worth noting that like all of those have had it and they've all kind of shown us different things and people in different situations and why they defected um whether it's someone like Han who defected simply cause he did not care about the empire in the first place and he only joined out of necessity or someone like Callus who, who did genuinely believe in this like cause and then eventually came to like realize the error of his ways and like really see the effect that they have. Um, so I think seeing that in this show could be really interesting, um, especially since, I think it's interesting how they are setting up two villains because we also have Deirdre. Um And that's also not to encounter just, like, Mon Motha's general sort of villain of, like, the Imperial Senate and, like, her having to, like, fit in under that, even if we don't, like, directly see Palpatine, just this, like, overarching empire presence. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know, this show's gonna be so good. It's gonna feed so (laughs) many people so good.
0: Yes. And the fact that he's gonna have a romantic relationship, too, that's also really interesting to me. Like I, it's interesting that he oh Tony said. Use, Tony said, use him, "Not lose him, Use him,
1: lose him. Deidre Cyril.
0: I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I truly do believe that. I like how Tony Gilbert was like. You know what Star Wars has been lacking this last couple of years? Kissing. <laughs> so true. They said. So true. He said. He said they will not let Din Jar fuck. So I will let all of my characters fuck. <laughs> John Farrow can get on my
1: level (laughs) (laughs) so true (laughs) um did we miss any like major plot points other than Luthen
0: we haven't really talked about Mm Luthen
1: I'm excited to see him I think his little yellow coat with like the (laughs) sleeves that like have slits so you you have like when you're sitting when you're standing with your arms down, they're like in the sleeves, but then you pull them up and like the sleeves come down. So you still have your arms free. Like that's yeah. a sleigh.
0: I loved how it was such an immediate, like falling into like the learning experience with the two of them. Mm-hmm. Like it was so immediate and like Luthen clearly decided like this was who he wanted and he was not gonna like stop at anything to have Cassian on his, his side. That's a special um, guy. Just a special little guy. I'm so relatable. I also don't like it when people talk to me on public transport. <laughs> so true. Oh King, I've my never God. seen somebody comple- compl- uh, com- completing murder more than Luthen. <laughs> He's like the so audacity true. of this bitch. <laughs> oh. Oh, and then. I like his little, like, stick that almost felt like a lightsaber. It was no, like a it saber looked, stick. It was a
1: giant fucking katana that he retracted into the handle. I want
0: that. And it's, and it's cool when you consider that, like, he specifically, like, it looks like he, I don't know what he does before, but, like, in all of the shots we've seen him on Coruscant, he's been in that, like, antique the robes. shops. Robes. He's, he's some sort of, like, he runs, like, an antique shop. I don't know if he's, like, a collector of some sort, but, like, he specifically seems to have things from the clone war i was republic era so that's also interesting
1: he he also has like different hair than we saw like he has much longer hair so i don't know if like that's like a wig or something but i was actually he might be a flashback
0: that's my guess
1: maybe but there's also i think personally that it's his collection that he, I think, isn't he showing Mon Mothma something in, like, the trailers or clips or mm-hmm, something? He, yeah. Yeah. But there's also, I just remembered as I was re-watching the episode and I saw people like posting the screenshot of, like, Plo Koon's mask on Twitter, I also remembered that in Star Wars 2020, we get confirmation that they have the Imperial Museum. So, like, they have all of these things that they've taken from different cultures and they have, like, they just have it like on display like in in the comic specifically they have to go and like get this specific droid to like run a new encryption code on the rebellion's encryption like cycle things so i don't know if that's what they're doing or like if it's his personal collection like maybe he's the curator of something or like a politician or like an mm-hmm. ambassador and that he has his own little set of things but i don't know i'm very interested to see how he fits in with like the whole imperial shebang going on in coruscant
0: yeah, or, like, even if he was, like, a, uh, like, if he was a collector before during the Clone Wars, and then, mm-hmm. you know, something like maybe the fall, you know, clearly, like, it, he might be one of those people where, like, quite frankly, Republic to Empire doesn't really affect him all that much. Yeah. um, And then he keeps it as this cover then to eventually start running a rebel cell or supporting rebel cells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we still have that line of Cleia? Um, I'm not sure how you pronounce her name, but uh, she says, you're slipping. So I'm thinking the long hair is a flashback.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, I just remembered as you were talking, like the, the empire destroyed most of like the Jedi artifacts, like in Vader 2017 specifically, there's a giant like foundry that they put all of the Jedi's lightsabers from the Jedi temple in and they like blow it up and melt it down to like make something so mm-hmm. I think it. We could definitely be getting. I, I think that scene is pretty much a flashback now because I don't think they would let him have all of that. Or maybe it's like well, secret.
0: I don't know. Well, I'm also thinking that like if he's rich enough, it just doesn't matter. Like it's not so, that he has any Jedi artifacts specifically because like people are saying it's Glocoon's mask, but it could just be another. It could just be a color mask. Yeah, and like he has a he has a Mando armor, but that could be anything. It doesn't have to be a particular mm-hmm. Mando that we know um so i kind of think that like i won't get into that yet because we'll have a whole discussion of like the rest of the season so i won't get mm-hmm. into that yet <laughs> um any other plot points or characters that we want to talk about i just want to shout out the ending of the music all Oof. of the music but particularly mm-hmm. the music at the end of episode two ah oh, banger certified banger I love how there is like more of a percussion heavy yes um, Mm -hmm. soundtrack the theme is so good uh the title card of this Mm -hmm. is so good
1: oh my god Um, chills every single time every single episode
0: and there's 12
1: different ones they're all like slightly different I'm very excited be twenty-four
0: eventually too oh my god I'm so excited (laughs) oh I'm so excited and I'm excited to see too because I think eventually you know we'll get in more but like I'm excited to see how Nicholas Braun kind of mixes in like the established themes. so like maybe some of like the imperial music into like this new soundtrack kind of like Michael Gancino did with Rogue One. I tweeted this
1: out like two days ago but I thought of Nicholas Bertel's interpretations of some of the Rogue One themes and I I ascended. I like, think
0: having him do something like Trust Goes Both Ways could oh be really my God. good. Um, mm-hmm. But also even a play on Saw's um, kind of music that we hear in Rogue mm-hmm. One when he enters. I think that could be really interesting. With the synths that he's using? Yeah, I think it could be fucking awesome. Uh, and also just the ending of episode three where it's flashing back between Marva <gasps> taking him off played up for the first time the and leaving Ferrix.
1: The p- Parallels. The the episode started off with a parallel in on Morlana. Is it Morlana or Morlane Morlana? Morlana One. And
0: <laughs> the Rings of Cathrine.
1: Yep. And the ending of him getting taken off Kanari and him leaving with Luthan just the hats yeah, off to you. Is good. it who is, is it? it Tony Blake that did the first three episodes? Directing? Yeah. Uh,
0: I think I'm not so. sure. Yeah, I was like, we have not gotten to the I'm excited because there's a female director for this. Uh, Tony Tony Haynes, yes, Tony Haynes ah, did okay. all three of them. And and Tony, Tony Gilroy wrote all three of them. Yeah. So yeah. Hats and off to Tony, them. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And and um Savi was talking about this on Twitter, but Diego really nails the thousand yard stare. Yes, he, he does. Like the the trauma. <laughs>
1: He truly zones out. He's just like us for real. <laughs> Dissociative um,
0: king. Love it. Uh, <laughs> theories for the rest of the season. I. Or even just next week. <laughs> next week. I I hope to God we see Mad Matwa. Yeah. I, I just want to see. We, I, I think it is. I think Genevieve has specifically. Or like someone has specifically said yes. Mad Mata has a big role in episode four. So I think we're going to Thank God. So I wanted to see Mon Mothma.
1: I want more Luthan because I have no idea what the fuck he's doing, but I think he's awesome. And, oh my God, I, I almost, I, I forgot to say this, but it, Stellan's performance in this is just good all around. But the his first interaction with Cassian, when he says, I, everybody's brought it up, don't you want to fight these bastards for real? Academy Award, Academy Award. <laughs> but yeah, I want more Luthan. I'm interested to see how the ISB functions on Ferrix because mm-hmm. we've we've seen in the first couple episodes that the Empire doesn't really have a presence there, like even in the the corporate the corporate police the court po or whatever they said that they don't have a presence there. So I'm interested to see how it kind of ruins the dynamic between the Ferrix comu- community and why do they need so many mud troopers to mm-hmm. control this neighborhood. Um, I, I'm excited for Imperial Senate, I, Bail Organa. I'm gunning <laughs> for you. Oh my God! I, I'm just, I'm just excited. I, I'm, yeah, it's just, I'm very
0: excited for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. What about I, you, Liv? I don't even have like any theories. Yeah, I, just, do I, the I just have stuff
1: I want to see. I yeah. want
0: Bail Organa. I'm on. I'm on Jimmy Smith's watch. Um. <laughs> but that's it i'm just i'm just excited to see what happens i i feel like every every time i have high expectations i get very disappointed so if i have Mm. no expectations i will be fine i'm not going through book of boba fett again
1: oh god (laughs) that was an embarrassment
0: I was like, just as we were talking about Funko pop somebody posted a concept for Luthan. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Oh, that I looks need so it. good. I need um, it. I think next week is going to be a Coruscant episode. Um, I think maybe partially flashback present. Um, I'm not sure, but like, I think we're probably going to get this set up for Mon Mothma, Dedra, and then potentially Luthan pre-haircut. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to be our kind of big setup. And then I think the rest of the season will probably be like more jumping back between wherever Cassian Mm -hmm. is and Phaerix and Coruscant. Um, I'm wondering if if Cassian will actually go to Coruscant. I think that'd be kind of cool. It seems like he might, but it's very dangerous for him to go to Coruscant. I'm interested to see Klya. I don't know how to pronounce her name, but the girl that was with Luthan. I'm interested to see Val, Val. And there's another girl who's also on the poster whose name I'm forgetting but her and Val are girlfriends. That's what we've decided. <laughs> um, um,
1: yeah. So I'm yeah, I'm the poster right now. There's it's a couple there. It's something on that there. starts
0: with a C. Um, <laughs> but I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see the Deidre Cyril Sy- meet cute, obviously. Um, <laughs> like, I'm just saying we already had a sex scene this season. Let Deidre and Cyril fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let them fuck fuck specifically. Let them, let them fuck yeah. in the episode directed by the woman. We need the female game. So true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm thinking, and I'm excited for Saw. I'm I'm interested to see whether him and if him and Saw are, Luthan and Saw are interacting after he picks up Cassie, and if that's before or if that's if a Cassian flashback. And, yeah, if that's a flashback. He has short hair in it, I know, so mm-hmm. it would have to be. Or if Cassie and Saw are gonna meet, if Cassie is gonna like work with the Partisans in any way. I'm interested. I, I'm especially interested in Saw, given you know how soon this is to Rebel Rising, um, and the fact that he would just be like, kind of just recovering from some of his injuries uh, that he Emily, received. Emily, I'm there. telling you right
1: now, if he if there's like even the a minute reference to Jin or Rebel Rising, I'm, I'm gonna need to call. I'm gonna need to call nine one one for you.
0: If we get Wera in this show. If we finally get live-action Weira, it'll be so bad for me. It'll be so bad. But, yeah. Um, any... Do we want to talk about any kind of the reaction to this. Uh, the fan reactions.
1: About the people not knowing what retconning is? Yes. <laughs> Let's that, talk about and that. Just yeah. Oh, my God. I love the detail. I... We, I've talked about my thoughts on retconning before. What happened to Cassian's backstory is not retconning. In fact, it's something I personally think is really interesting and really adds a lot to his character. The fact that he had to lie and say he's from Fest instead of Kanari, that is really interesting. And it makes me interested to see how him and Marva have to kind of like cover up his backstory and how he has to grow up with her in this empire that he supposedly that he he doesn't fit into um especially off of off of canari and i'm also interested to see why they have to lie like why do they have to lie and say they're from canari um but yeah please know your definitions oh fest sorry uh but yeah please know your definitions if you're going to complain about something
0: um it's we'll tell you what's retconning it's not a retcon it's a recontextualization Exactly. it's not a lie they did not, it's retcon. not technically it's they said on all official documents it says Fest. he's every from fest. and that's what it says is it's it's in the rebel files it's in all the supplementary material for rogue one that it says he's from fest and that's technically his like official files mm-hmm. that's what they're supposed to be like the insights of that's not a retcon it's, it's not- the same thing like if if they end up messing with his age, technically wouldn't be a retcon because like there could be reasons why Marva would lie about when he yeah. was born. Um, exactly, not a retcon. S- please, st- I have to beg of you all. You all are missing the point with the sex scene. Oh I'm my sick God. of it. Mm-hmm. Outlets baited everyone into being like, it's the first time there's been sex in Star Wars. But now it's a little frustrating seeing people continue and being like, but what about this? What about this? What about this? Where it's like, but that's not, the sex scene is not there to just be a sex scene. It's, it's a, it's a scene where we're supposed to see that the Tim, intimacy, the intimacy. And also that like Tim who picks trust, who binks says would do anything from her just betrayed her and instead of talking to her about any of his feelings or what he just did he fucking sleeps with her mm-hmm. that's a betrayal of her trust that's sad like that's what that scene is supposed to like be and tell us and for the most part too that's what all sex scene in star wars are supposed to tell us they don't just throw in sex scenes like all of the elzar man scenes are supposed to show us like how he's having issues with attachment and like how that's been a long time struggle for him is this idea of attachment while being a Jedi. Like it's, fr- it's frustrating. <laughs> it's so frustrating to me.
1: And like people saying, what about this? What about this? It's, it it kind of seems like you're in a popularity contest with one another. So <laughs> I'm just going to refrain from that. Like, and it's like, not- it's a it's a contest to see how niche you can get. I feel like, but.
0: Yeah, and Whatever. also, like, I, and, like, I know it's the outlets, but, like, I also didn't appreciate this when, because when I had seen this the has, episodes. This sensationalization of yeah. it. Yeah, and when I had seen the episodes, my thing was then people were being, like, oh, so, like, it's the only thing about this show that, like that's like, oh, so that's how they're making the show mature as sex. I'm like, I was so mad at outlets for like putting that so forward. Cause I was like, no, like it's fucking stupid. Now you have baited people into believing that this whole time, Tony Gilray has been talking about the show being more mature. It's just, he's like, I'm going to make the characters fuck. No, like there was so <laughs> much else about this show that was made to feel like more mature including just like you could see from like the opening scene but like it's the same thing like it was like broke one like there were several things about that that made it feel a little bit more mature a little bit more dark darker for a star wars it's I don't like it was so weird it was very frustrating to me before when I had seen it to like see the weird things that people were focusing on or like the media chose to reveal because it felt like so much of it was like missing either the points or like what was actually good about these episodes and kind of to add on to
1: that please listen to like latina creators who are telling you and creators of color who are telling you what this means and it, it should be obvious but people are obviously missing the point but like listen to them like savi has been tweeting out some great stuff about mm-hmm. how diego uh, we've talked about it a lot but how Andor's is going to be a migrant story and sh- um they tweeted out a couple days ago um how his kind of journey influenced Cassian's character in Mm. in in Andor and I don't remember the exact article or where it was from but they also have a whole
0: thread about um information about the ways in which Andor reflects the real world specifically of Mm -hmm. like Latino communities so yeah like Mm -hmm sometimes sometimes white people it's not our place to tell things whether things are problematic or not especially when then latino creators come out and specifically say hey no 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not like what you're making it out to be uh yeah listen that's that's a good place to end this life. yes going forward especially listen to latino people uh and listen savvy- to
1: Savi is at Andor. Yes, Savi yes. is we'll at Andor.
0: Yes, we'll leave her disc. We'll leave her at in the uh, description. And we also just did the Cassian episode with her yes. right before. Uh, so if you want more of their thoughts on Cassian pre Andor, mm-hmm. go listen to that. Yes. Yeah. We'll end. We'll end this section on listen to them. Uh, listen when female characters come in. Listen to women. Listen to Latino people. It's especially important with the show going forward uh please mm. i beg of you white <laughs> like people you're starting to impair us. <laughs> <sighs> well finally
1: my Kessler besties
0: we have a huge lordy ketchup. lord because <laughs> we have not recorded in a while and i don't think we we didn't do one with ethan either did we no no and we recorded the we didn't did that yeah, yeah we but didn't then we it. recorded the Andor episode in advance, so
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been a while. And it's been a while, besties. So in the time that this uh, shindig has come out, we have gotten the final two wishes of Obi-Wan. I think, did we already talk about, we already talked about 26. Mm-hmm. We got Star Wars 27. We got Vader 27. We've got Hyperspace Stories 2. And we got another Bounty Hunters. Which I feel like we can spend the most time discussing yeah. that. Let me pull up my app just to make sure I'm not missing anything.
0: Mando uh, 3, but that's just Mando 3. Mando 3 is
1: Mando 3.
0: Mando 3 it's- is in the same category as Obi-Wan 4 and 5. hmm <laughs> they, they happened. They happened. <laughs> have we read them? We'll never tell. <laughs> I
1: actually have a valid excuse. I was packing to move across the country. Mm-hmm. You can hold me to that Mm -hmm. um did we talk about no we didn't talk about 27 we talked about four um okay i think we could talk about no we didn't talk about 27 we talked about 26. uh (laughs) 27 star wars 27 so this is star wars 2020 number 27 this is the next issue in the arc about these imperial not imperial defectors but the Crimson Dawn sleeper agents that are escaping the Death Star 2 in order to get this information to the rebellion what happens is their their ship gets shot down and they get to they manage to get to Coruscant their ship gets shot down and they're left on like one of the seedy levels like one of the not great levels and Luke kind of pipes up and volunteers to go rescue them And I, that's basically all I remember because I read it like three weeks ago, but (laughs) I am very, very, very happy with this arc that's going on right now. Mm -hmm. I I don't want to say, because Star Wars 2020 definitely did not falter, but it had been going in kind of a direction that I wasn't really super swag with, and I'm glad that they had Star Wars 25 to kind of like break it up and really separate those mm-hmm. but as I've said before I am so excited for this next arc I'm excited to see like this different take on, on these like rebellion informants and how Kira's kind of using her Crimson Dawn sleeper agents in this fight against the Empire um, then after that we had Bounty Hunters 27 yes oh <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> okay, so first we get sexy women Tonga and oh Losha. Yeah. The literally, the first little blurb is like Losha working out. Doing on the edge oh <laughs> my god,
0: is she, the, I mean, is she the one with the pink hair? She's yes. the
1: pink hair lesbian. Yay,
0: <laughs> you got it right. <laughs> Um, and Tommy's we get... wearing a crop top. Both of them were. Really, really Tonga and Logan were wearing crop tops. They did it. They did it for the lesbians. Yeah.
1: They absolutely did. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Ethan. <laughs> um. And thank you, then... Paolo.
0: Thank you, Paolo. <laughs>
1: yes. And then we switch. <laughs> Jesus. We switch to the interior of a Star Destroyer where a red haired Imperial officer calls ballots cute.
0: And then, and then, oh my god,
1: and then, hold on, I have to take my glasses off for this. It's
0: getting too steamy.
1: Valance finds himself back in Lieutenant Hayden's quarters. Hayden with two ends. I have to I have to mm-hmm. emphasize.
0: Definitely, definitely, it's so weird that this Hayden has two ends. It's it's just like <laughs> they literally, Luke. It's Luke. I don't know, but it's literally, they literally Star Wars do you like it's well it's it's Star Wars, it's the Tim. It's Tim oh, it's Luke. all over again. <laughs> I just want to know Hayden is getting so red and having to cover yeah. her face. <laughs> I'm sweating right now. <laughs> oh my god,
1: hold on. I have to sit in front of the, the the AC for this. And then Balance makes a not having taste buds joke and a not having a heart joke. <laughs> a single line. <laughs> Which Ethan Sachs, I don't have words for you. <laughs> And then Valence talks about being happy where he was. That Lieutenant Hayden shoves him against a wall and kisses him on the mouth.
0: This is I'm totally dead. so she fiction. Really... And this is totally so feels so fictional and not maybe based on like real tweets or events that Ethan might have read. <laughs> I <laughs> have the f- She really said silence bottom and put him <laughs> against the wall. I love that for her.
1: <laughs> Let me tell you. I, I want to kiss him on the mouth so badly. <laughs> another another funny thing about Lieutenant Hayden, besides the fact that she has basically my name, except with one more N, is that she showed up. Her first appearance was in Bounty Hunters 27. Or not 27, 17. Which, oh my God, there's been 10 issues? There's been 10 issues of Bounty Hunters between Hayden's first appearance and her kissing Valance in the mouth, which is very strange. But anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. Her first appearance was in Bounty Hunter 17, which is coincidentally the issue that Valance gets captured by the Empire by and forced to work for Vader for. And that also marked the downward spiral of my life. Thank you, Ethan. (laughs) So Hayden... Uh, this is so weird to say Hayden kissing Valance on the mouth was it was a lot for me <laughs> it was also the day before I was still packing to leave for school so I was also very emotional there and <laughs> I was just like I think on top of the cake I so disclaimer Ethan has tweeted this out so I can say this Lieutenant Hayden was originally named after Hayden Christensen which is funny because so was I <laughs> yeah. and the only thing that like distinguishes us from each other is like a single n <laughs> and,
0: she is just yesified you for real <laughs> yesified imperial you <laughs> so true
1: and then Tatsu Leech has some cool stuff um, I'm excited we're getting to learn about Tasu Leech. I, I have no idea who the fuck he was when I watched Force Awakens, and I'm glad that they have... <laughs> that we're kind of fleshing him out more. But yeah, I think the highlight of the issue was me kissing balance <laughs> on the
0: mouth. You, you completely missed the whole, like... No, I was... A I was, bit. I was oh gonna talk God. about that
1: after. I was <laughs> gonna talk about after I said that. But... Another big part of the issue is Losha feeling guilty for allowing Vukora to kill Fluffy, which, if you're not aware, that's the Nexu that um Vukora killed in 26. And she feels a hell of a lot of guilt for that. And she feels she basically she she has survivor's guilt. It's it's horrible and she is, like, racked with grief, and she's sobbing in Tonga's arms, and wait, let me pull up the panel. I literally had it up. But... The good
0: panel. The way way he uses shadows is... Oh
1: my god. The way he uses shadows in his work is, like, like, especially that panel compared with the panel of her crying over Fluffy and Vukora walking away. Oh my god. I fucking love this series. I... (laughs) <laughs> that's all i can say oh i pulled up the panel and it says it's tonga holding losha in her arms and she says my sweet Tuka, you're not on your own we will face everything together from now on <laughs> oh. i love them and then tasu accidentally killed like a major pike figure
0: Oops, good for you <laughs> queen <laughs>
1: But yeah, that's what happened in 827. <laughs> I I liked it a little bit. A little bit, yeah. It was okay. A wee bit. I totally don't have it hanging on my wall directly above my desk that I'm not looking at right now.
0: <laughs> you want to <And> see? We, <laughs> you showed us. <laughs> they can't see it. They're only listening next celebration when you get that page signed by Ethan
1: (laughs) you should I think I'm going to but you have to if the motherfucker puts 31 30 and 31 out before celebration he's going into witness protection I hope he's aware of that
0: (laughs) he's not going to show up
1: No, he, he's he's just going to ghost all of us. He's going to ghost Marvel. He's going to ghost Lucasfilm. And he, he there's going to be like a single spot open on the comics panel, and it's just going to be him because he knows. He knows. <laughs> <sighs> what an issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and then this week, we have Hyperspace Stories 2 and Vader 27, which honestly, I thought the Vader arc I thought this arc of Vader was over with twenty six, and I was happy. But apparently, <laughs> I was wrong. Surprise! But, but basically, Vader saves Sabe, and Sabe saves Vader. And then the very last panel of them is them like walking together for some reason, which I don't know how I that saw happened. A panel
0: where it was like, oh, she saw good in him. I was like, I still think that you should just kill him, Sabe, but go off, I yeah. guess. Whatever. <laughs> I think know. just bow bow bow, <laughs> girl, but sure. <laughs> we canonized the original
1: trilogy. <laughs> so... I mean, we got some cool covers from Raza, I think this guy is named. But the covers are cool. The, arg-
0: the content The contents is uh eh. mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: <laughs> And then hyperspace stories. I think it's it's cute. It's something cool for the kids, or cool for the kids. Sorry, but
0: it's weird because it's not marketed as a kids' one.
1: Yeah, apparently they're oh, stuck in an Marvel? ice planet. It's with no, it's Dark from Horse. Dark Horse, which oh, is definitely. actually Dark See, Horse. Is... I thought
0: the yeah, I thought Dark Horse was supposed to be the darker. Yeah. yeah, I
1: was I was gonna say like Dark Horse. <gasps> sorry, I just remembered. The next one is the Poe and Finn story. <gasps> so. Is there overalls! <laughs> overalls! Oh, I'm so excited. But yeah, I was going to say, the Dark Horse stories are usually marketed as more, like, adult. Or not adult, but more mature. So I'm really... And I know this is Dark Horse's first venture back with Star Wars since, like, before... Um, early Before Disney bought out Star Wars. Yeah. What'd you say?
0: I, th- I said, like, early 2000s, wasn't it? Yeah, early it's their first...
1: It's their first foray with Lucasfilm again after not being in business for so long. So I Mm -hmm. kind of see, I kind of, I understand if they're trying to like tread lightly and kind of gauge their new audience. Mm -hmm. However, if we are going to have a more mature comic story, I'd rather have it as like an ongoing rather than just like anthology. Yeah. Anthology style or anthology format, whatever. Um, that's the comics for castle Book club <laughs> yay um in, re- in terms of books i finished a book i finished a book congratulations thank
0: you Satan's it was Winter,
1: <laughs> the book was tales of the bounty hunters which i've talked about it a little bit before it's the original five empire strikes back bounty hunters and it goes back into a little bit of their backstory as well as like what they were up to during the hunt for han solo um during empire strikes back of course this is all legend so it's not canon i cannot express in words how much i hate the boba fett story i posted screenshots on my twitter i've submitted stuff to crazy shit in star wars i could not believe some of those lines got published
0: was like i couldn't he was like anti- he's trying to
1: rape leia yeah
0: You had to say something about the space space Catholic, but it which is Yeah, I was gonna say uh, I was gonna yeah, say, was gonna so say something about say. the premarital sex. What the f- How is that the same story?
1: I have no idea. It's literally like two paragraphs before that he says he's a space Catholic. And then the stuff that they write about Han, like Han reminds Leia that she's adopted. Like Yeah, it's it's it was the bad. Legends, they were truly
0: i don't shit. know maybe some of, <laughs> maybe some of the Han stuff is fine it feels like they were trying to make that poor man look bad like yeah. you know, like and between this and uh what what did i read courts, courts of princess, of, courts of princess like i was like i it, i think they hate Han.
1: no they literally he they had him in the book like they were like, oh, he he's tired of the government, so he's gonna go back to his roots and smuggle and go to the seedy world, and then that's how Boba Fett catches up with him, and they have this, like, weird confrontation about how they both, they, like, want to kill each other, even though this is 25 years after Empire Strikes Back. It, yeah. It, my god. Um, in summation, the first four stories in Tales of the Bounty Hunters, thumbs up, the last one of boba fett all thumbs down and the weird thing is is that boba fett was in most of the other bounty hunter stories and like he he of course he was like fuck you i'm boba fett he was that kind of person but who let that writer characterize him like that in his own story i anyways that was tales of the bounty hunters you can read all of them skip the last one emily what are you reading (laughs)
0: uh I read a lot over vacation what did I uh I read two stars let's talk about the one star I read that wasn't uh it was every summer after very good I'm uh, a little slut for a good summer romance uh so this one was very good it was like about this like um they met when they were younger and it kind of goes through them like being childhood friends to like they ended up dating and being like each other's first love and now they're adults and they're both back in like their lake town because the uh guy's mom has died so they haven't spoken in like 12 years since they like broke up and you have like you're piecing together like what happens it goes between the present and then the past over this like one weekend and then all their summers together uh very good I loved it wasn't gonna finish it like two days because it was like my vacation read. they were like half it on the plane um then the two Star Wars books that I read um I read princess of leia comic which was good i liked it um it was fun it was interesting i didn't really know what it was about before i didn't really understand i was like that girl looks like luke but if <laughs> she was a girl and i was very confused oh, the but-
1: series yeah oh
0: okay. with evan yes So, Evan is very fun. I love that. I thought the uh, concept was interesting, this idea of, like, trying to gather all the uh, Alderaanians that were still out there. I thought that was interesting, but I, and I like it, but now I feel like it's weird because I feel like nothing happened with it. Like, she spent all this time doing it. It was so important to her, and, like, I understand that, and that's all really in line with Leia's characterization, but it felt weird that no other canon media about Leia has really touched on it, Mm -hmm. um, this idea of her trying to find the Alderaanians. Um, they kind of know. went into
1: it a little bit in Star Wars 2015 with, like, that weird arc of them at Mon which also hmm. there's a shapeshifter that, like, turns into Bale and tries to guilt trip her, which <gasps> off the shits for that. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, no, yeah, it was bad. I was so angry when I read that. Um, but yeah, I, I wish they they did it a little more. I wish they acknowledged it a little more. I mean.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, because I think it, and it presented a lot of interesting ideas that I just felt like weren't really explored enough. Like this idea that like Evan has kind of this issue with her. Cause like a lot of people see her as like not really mourning. They she mm-hmm. they think she's kind of like icy and like she just lost her whole planet. She lost her, but like she's doing that because she needs to and she's trying to be a leader. Um yeah, something that I kind of wish would be explored more often. Uh, as much as they do mention Alderaan and Leia's like kind of her her processing her loss over that how they don't really mention this even though it's canon uh, we don't ever really see Evan again <laughs> so I don't know asterisk she
1: is in Star Wars 2020 right now she's in she's oh, a part Slay. of Starlight
0: Squadron yes it's maybe we'll see her in some when they eventually do more pilot stuff Sorry, Rogue, Rogue Squadron, Squadron. <laughs> um and then I oh, I'm so excited. This is the best one. I finished last shot. I read last shot. Yeah! Yay!
1: It I was very good.
0: It, yes. Uh it was it was good. It was um I I really liked how Daniel Jose Older, I think he did a really good job writing solo Lando and Han, and then like post-original trilogy them and kind of like bridging the two like it did very much feel like you're like oh you're reading this and you're like this feels like Harrison Han this feels like Alden Han but it did go together very well um Sansa Staros is in it that was very fun she makes an appearance we get more L3 in Lando which I always love to see um the plot was kind of (laughs) weird uh but it was still really interesting also man do people fucking take that kitchen to try to kill ben solo thing out of context <laughs> that i thought that that george just went rogue like no there's like a whole backstory to that that like people take like out of context and like i don't really understand what's happening there but uh i like it also you get to see um the woman kaden I don't know her if that's how you say your name. But the the woman who Lando ends up having a child with in this, this is like a, a lot of it actually pertains to like their romantic relationship and like Lando kind of figuring out how to like express her, how he feels about her and how like she is kind of more than just like a hookup but like someone he could really see himself with and I thought that was a nice lead in given what we see in Shadow of the Sith now that he's looking for his daughter and we know that she's um that's the daughter they had together so i'd love to see more of their relationship actually um yeah it was also fun reading this after uh uh princess scoundrel because it's like the next like kind of canonical thing for uh um not lando uh leia and han and you see baby ben and baby ben is very cute he's very cute very pocket-sized um (laughs) Yes, so I, I really enjoyed it. I would recommend it. Uh, I think, I, especially if you are a fan of Solo, would recommend it because it does have good, like, he is clearly, you are clearly supposed to be picturing uh, yeah, Alden and Donald moments. So yes. I love that.
1: <laughs> I want more Alden Han, and media. Please. We have, I, there's the one panel of, Alden Hahn and Bounty Hunters that I tweeted yesterday of him and Valance as cadets the academy I think about that artist so often and don't get me wrong you know us we are Paolo Villanelli stands through and through I just wish we had more Alden Han because he's adorable like you of course Han still has like the doofy hair but Alden Hahn's hair is just the doofiest, Love. and it's like it like fluffs out, and it's all sticky, yucky in the back. I, I miss
0: him so badly. There Love is the sometimes people draw him, and he's scary. Like it's like yeah. something about the Alden's no. jaw really gets people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, that the junior graphic novelization of Solo from scary. IDW is scary. <laughs> scary. That <Foul. Yeah. laughs> Anyways, bring Alden Haw back and make Solo Two happen, please, please. I'm asking nicely, for now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so true, so true, so true. Yeah, uh, so that's it for this week. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so like, so like we said, we'll uh for the next big chunk of while, we'll just be talking Andor. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then we also jump from we're gonna have a lot, but we'll have some time after and or to kind of get back to probably oh some higher public stuff and we still have our movie rewatch. We still have still, part two. I was coming. about to say.
1: <laughs> so I still have to schedule that. Sorry, homies.
0: <laughs> but uh, make sure to follow us on social media. Uh, if you have questions, uh, you can submit them on our email which will be in the description or on twitter especially if you guys have questions about like Andor, that's always fun we can answer them like at the end of the episodes and when we have guests that could be fun um yeah that's it for this week thank you for listening and may the force be with you